Okay, Boker Dov, we continue the new Mishnah on the bottom of Moed Katan Chav Zayin Omed Aleph, 27a. And uh, now we're going to talk about certain uh, customs, Salachas really, uh, about uh, when you bring the food to the house of mourning. And this Mishnah will be followed by subsequent Gemaras that discuss uh, what was originally done and then what the rabbis did to... Uh, change things a little bit to not hurt people's feelings. So we start with the fog. We're talking about bringing food to the mourner's house. The first meal, remember the first meal, he, he cannot eat his own meal, we bring him a meal. So it says, so you have to bring the food in uh, utensils. Remember, they did not have disposable dishes in those days. Okay, so you have to go back. You didn't call up a caterer and just send over a platter, okay? Didn't go to Sobeys, um, just buy those things. So what would you do? You'd have your own pots, you'd cook your own food, and then you'd send it over with some kind of a basket or some kind of a tray or something like that. So based on that, the question is what types of items do you bring the food on or what types of items do you not bring the food on? And you'll wonder what's the difference? Well, we'll see. So we say like this, You don't deliver the food for the mourner's meal. When you bring it to the mourner's house, you don't bring the food on neither on a tray, which is an elegant way of sending food. A tavla is actually a large board According to the Orach, a tavla is a small table of gold, silver, or glass. Well, you don't send it on that. Nor in a large bowl, or a silver bowl, <coughs> or a small table. Uh, and also not in a large basket. Now, these three types of items connote a type of elegance. Okay, it's a, it's a very fancy way of delivering the food. No, sir. Ella besalim. You do it in plain baskets. Gemara will discuss exactly what that is. Now, that, uh, remember we mentioned before, there's a point of view of Rashi and others that say the previous mission, as well as this one, does not refer specifically to Cholamoy but divides the general rules of mourning. But there were a few Rishonim who says that these Mishas speak of Chal... Even if the other Mishas speaks of Chalamoy, they agree that this restriction applies on the whole year. Okay, either way, we don't... This is all year long, you don't do this. That's number one. Now we now shoot back to Chalamoy. Okay, so it's got to break up the mission too. We do not recite the mourner's blessing on Cholamoyed. When you come back from the funeral, it was customary to serve the mourner's meal in the street. And at the meal, a blessing connected with Baruch Menachem Avelim was said. So it therefore was called the, the street blessing or things like this. So this bracha was only made in the presence of a minion and was repeated during the Shiva when those who weren't there originally came back later, etc., etc. We don't say this bracha anymore, so don't worry about it. Okay? But rather, what you do is, we only 
stand in the row and give consolation. Okay, after the burial, those that are there, they file past the mourner and offer him condolence. Um, and that's what we do. We have the parallel roles. Okay, then, and we promptly dismiss the public. In other words, since the usual practice of reciting the morning's blessings in the street does not take place on Cholomoyed, so there's no reason for the public to remain any longer. That's one shot. Also, what do we also we say? Now we go back to Cholomoyed, uh, continue Cholomoyed. We do not set down the beer in the street on Cholomoyed, because then you usually offer eulogies, etc. We don't do that. Why? To not encourage eulogies which are forbidden on Cholomoyed. So, in other words, the only eulogies you can make are for big Torah scholars. So we don't do the eulogies on the road, because then other people will think you can do that as well for them on Cholomoyed, which is not allowed. And also, we also don't put the beer, velo shel nashim olam. We never put the beer of the woman ever, not even Cholomoyed, on the street. Out of honor for the woman. Why? Because blood could still flow from her body and stain the shrouds, which would be an embarrassment. Okay, so we'll have to see exactly what blood we're talking about. Okay, so a lot of different uh, topics in this small mission over here. We're going to presently focus on the first part, that we don't bring the food with fancy, elegant serving. Uh, what are the beers? What is that? It's like what the shrap, the thing, the little, uh, like, uh, what, not a bed. Stretcher. Stretcher, yeah. A stretcher with a shroud over it. So the, the body is covered. It's not a coffin. So therefore, we'll see. So it could be some embarrassing that things. That is for the dead, dead person. Yes, <laughs> that's the only one you're taking. So, uh, so a woman could um, emit some blood from her body even after she died. So therefore, that would be embarrassing for her. Let's go back to the first part of the Mishnah. And now we're going to see, there'll be one issue relating to our Mishnah. Then they're going to quote about five or six customs that were changed for similar types of reasons. Tana Rabbanan, the rabbis taught in a brisa, the way of delivering the food. Barishona, in the beginning, originally they would deliver food to a house of mourning as follows. Now, obviously there were wealthier people and people not as wealthy. Ashirim, the wealthy people, would deliver the food on the kilosol shel kesevishosov. On baskets of silver and gold. And the poor people would deliver the food in baskets of peeled willow twigs. However, of course, but the poor people would feel ashamed because they don't have nice things to, to put the food in. Therefore, therefore, they made a decree that everybody brings the food. In baskets of peeled willow twigs. Out of concern of honor for the poor. Remember, so you imagine the rich person, you know, they want the poor person to feel better. Wow, look how much I value you. I'm putting the food on a mamish, a fancy tray and this and that. So, um, 
No. So they decided to uh, make a rule. Everybody is the same. You don't show off your fanciness. This kind of reminds me of Bikurim. Well, it's the opposite of Bikurim. Yeah. So why would we do the same thing for Bikurim? Okay, so Shelley is mentioning the uh, Gemara that says when we brought Bikurim, the rich people would put the fruits in fancy baskets. The poor people would put it in poor baskets, like these types of baskets. Mishnah also adds another point. When the coin would take the basket of the rich man, what would he do? He'd take the fruits out and give the basket back. While the poor man, he kept the basket. So that might so so there's two issues over here. Number one, why do we allow this difference that we take the rich man can bring a fancier basket while a poor man not? And number two, it looks like from this Mishnah, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. The rich man gives the fancy basket, but he gets it back. The poor man gives the cheap basket and doesn't get it back. So, so now, so now Shelley's pointing out, well, here we made a difference to show there shouldn't be a difference between rich men and poor men. So we can suggest the following. There's two points to the answer. Number one, when you're talking about the base Hamikdash, we have to honor the base Hamikdash as much as possible. And if you're a wealthy man, you should, uh, you know, you should honor the base Hamikdash. You should honor Hashem with the wealth that you have. There's a passage that says, honor Hashem with your wealth. Wait, 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 wait. So, therefore, it's an honor to give it that. Uh, and it's not the same, for example, when you're in a house of mourning where everybody's mamish focused on the same focal point, which is the mourner, the mourner's house. And as the rich man's coming and bringing one course, the poor man's bringing another course, because very obvious the rich man is is, is much uh, more esteemed than the poor man. When we're dealing with the Bikurim, it's not all at the same time. It's one is to this Kohen, one's to that Kohen. So it's not so much, quote-unquote, in your face. So that's one point. And the honor of Hashem, you have to show your honor. Just like there are rich people by fancier lulavs and esrogs, than poor people. You honor Hashem with the amount of wealth that you have. And it seems that the rabbis weren't too concerned about that because, you know, that's, that's your own business between you and Hashem. Here, when you're dealing with, and it's, it's, and it's not so communal focused, it's focused on the person with his God and the way he relates to his God. And you should serve Hashem based on the wealth that you have. If you're a richer man, you should give more than the poor man, and God should not lose out on that account. And, and the rich man shouldn't take away from the honor he's giving to Hashem. And since it's not mamish head-to-head, it's not as noticeable. Similar idea, Shelley, with the Corbin Olaviorate, certain Corbinus, a rich man brings a bull, poor man brings a bird, a real poor man brings a meal offering. What are you going to say? Everybody brings a meal offering? So Hashem should get chopped liver because of the poor man. Avodah Hashem is Avodah Hashem. you got to do Avodah Hashem in the best way possible. And again, not everybody is doing it in front of other people. So, so that, that's one idea. 
while the poor, everybody's there. The rich man, the poor man, they're all comforting this one man. And boom, fancy basket, cheap basket. It like really looks bad. That's number one. Number two, so why do we not keep the rich man's basket? The answer is because Hashem likes things that are given with a lot of effort. And the poor man, when he makes that little basket made out of willows, that's mamish everything that he is. That's all he's got. He's doing the best he can. He has to make it. And Hashem says, you know, you made it. I appreciate that too. And I want to keep that which you make. It's almost like an analogy. Your child in, in kindergarten makes you a beautiful birthday present, which is a piece of junk, but it's the thought that counts. And so it's so nice, we'll put it on the refrigerator, this and that. While uh, you get it sometimes, um, arts and crafts projects that your six-year-old brings home that you know the teacher made. Because it's so fancy, it's so nice. You know, you kind of, you don't want to hang it up because you know it's not your kid's work, but you have to because the kid thinks it's the kid's work. But anyway, so that, but the rich man, Hashem says, I'm not interested in your gold. Just give me the, the, the fruits of that. So therefore that um, explains that difference. But you see, clearly there is a distinction. When the focal point is your service to Hashem, you have to serve Hashem according to your abilities. But when we're dealing things that are in the community and people are interacting with each other, there should be a degree of care for that. Here's one more question on that. Yeah. That's a great answer. Yeah. But if the rich man is getting back his fancy basket anyway, what really is he, what really is he looting, not looting, what is he what giving him? The, the fruits. He's giving the fruits. I'm sure he's getting better. The basket, he's getting back so he can give a gold basket, he gets it back. And he hasn't and he's also doing it from all his heart, right? Like, like, what's he done that's so special? He gave the fruit. The main mitzvah he gave the fruits. That, that That is so the mitzvah. This is an accoutrement to the mitzvah. I know, but I guess the fact that he's getting it back, he's not really going over and above because he's getting it back anyway. They go to fancy okay, so then guess the what? Then place. guess what? Next time he can give a, a, a straw basket. Right? He no. looked upon and everybody knows he's wealthy. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, and the, and now we see a second decree was made. Originally, when they would serve the drinks in the house of the mourner, Ashirin, the rich people brought They brought it in vessels of white glass, which is very expensive glass. And the poor people in colored glass, which was cheaper glass. And again, the poor people would be embarrassed. So everyone would bring in colored glasses because of the honor of the poor. Okay, another example in dealing with mourning. Okay, Barishona in the beginning, in the beginning, they would leave uncovered the faces of the wealthy who had died. Now we're going to the person who died. The rich man died. They'd leave uncovered the face. Why? To arouse people to, uh, to weeping. They'd say, look at how robust and handsome this face was. 
and now it will succumb to decay. Very interesting. In the beginning, they did not cover the mace. When it was the funeral, they want to see the person dead, which really, if you've ever seen a dead person, it really looks bad compared to the person being alive. It just... Uh, so it'll, it'll, it'll arouse you to do tshuva. But a rich man looked pretty... Doesn't look so bad dead either because they looked pretty good while they were alive. You know, lots of facelifts and things like that. So when they're dead, they look worse, but not that bad. But the poor people never looked that good in their lifetime. They didn't have money for expensive creams and Botox and all these other things. So therefore, they would cover the faces of the poor who died because their faces were blackened by famine. Gotta remember, there was a lot of that people really starved a lot. That was pretty normal. So your whole complexion was not so pretty to begin with. And therefore, and the poor would feel ashamed. Therefore, he Therefore, they decided every face should be covered when they die. because of the honor of the anim. All right, continuing another decree. For he showed Originally, they would take out the corpses to be buried. The wealthy, they take them out on a dargush, which we mentioned yesterday. Fancier type of bed. Vanim, but the poor people, how would they take them out when they were dead? Going up to Chavzainam at Beis. Bekleva on a beer, regular beer, cheap beer. Vahoyu anim is vaishim, and the poor people were ashamed. Hiskinu shehea kol motziem bekleva. So they decided everyone's going to go out in a beer the same way they think vodim shalnim because of the honor of the poor people. Okay. So what do you see from all this? Rich people should not have the venue to show the difference in status between the poor people. So as they say, I can't explain, you know, the rabbis should make a takona. You do not make fancy weddings. Okay, you know, they should say, this is the way everyone makes a wedding. Finished. Um, why they don't is beyond me. Well, you know, I always say, I always say it's very simple. You tell all the rabbis if they would do this together. They say, if you're making a fancy wedding, we will not come to your wedding. We will not be the masader kedushin at your wedding. Okay, that's as they say, telling the rabbis to put their money where their mouth is. So we're just not coming. Finished. But. What can I tell you? I can't speak for them. All right? But, uh, uh, you know, we, we know the hardships that people go through. The, the poor people, um, they, 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 whatever they make, they can barely afford. And they're going into hock. And they're, it takes away from their simcha because they know how much money they, they, they're paying. And it doesn't even come close to what a rich man's thing is like. So... Whatever, and there's all kinds of things, but I'm not gonna, you know, the rabbis, whatever. Shelley's right. What can I say? I can't argue. But uh, so now, and now, once and the rabbis don't do it, if you're gonna be the one rabbi who's gonna say it, they're gonna hate you 
you know, imagine if I would tell people, I'm not going to your wedding unless you make it a very cheap wedding. He says, Rabbi, thank you very much. Don't come. I hate your guts. I'm going to another shul. That's, that's just the way it is. So once, either all the rabbis have to do it together or it just doesn't work. They tried to do this in uh, the tri-state area years ago and it didn't work. It didn't work. The rabbis tried to do it and weren't able to do it. So, you know, I guess they make calculations. But in Lakewood, you say it's like the rich people. Well, there is so now. So that was long ago. Uh, you're right. So now they've made a change. They were able to make the change. For example, Menachem's wedding. They they still have different levels. There is still you can make a fancy wedding in Lakewood, but what they were able to do is they can you have an option. You can go for the cheaper weddings, which uh, we used to have it in Toronto and then stopped when COVID hit. You have, you know, like a package. And the, so like the wedding in Lakewood, they, they, they have a, if you want, there's a standard package. You have to do exactly the way it is, right? I mean, there's a little leeway, but exactly the way it is. And the whole thing costs uh, 13,000 US. Three hundred. You have to have three hundred, no matter what. In other words, what the way they did it is, they have to guarantee a volume for the caterer. So if the caterer knows every night of the week, six five nights a week, he's catering for three hundred people, and he's guaranteed that he can lower the price because he has volume, right? That's for when for so Menachem's wedding. They said they said this is what we have to pay for. You can't make too many adjustments lower. You can maybe make something a little bit higher, but it's so therefore when you divide that between two, uh, so it makes it very cheap, relatively cheap. US. So that's more like seventeen thousand. You know, okay, that still doesn't include other things, you know, like the ring but it was the band. Uh, it may, maybe not the liquor also could be not the liquor but but compared to Toronto that's like nothing yeah. and what and and therefore when you're when you're thinking that your child's going to get engaged in the next few days you already booked the halls because when 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 Menachem got engaged uh, we had to book the hall we had to wait three and a half months for the wedding and they said this is the only date that's available Take it or wait another two months because they're able, every night the hall is taken. There's only one hall or? No, there's a few halls, but even, but those do it that way, you know, and there's a lot of quote unquote not rich people in Lakewood. So they hop, and more than that, people from other cities make the weddings in Lakewood. Let's say you live in New York. So it's only a two hour drive to Lakewood and you could save tons of money. So people from out of Lakewood are doing the weddings in Lakewood. It's all why? Because it's it's guaranteed price. So therefore you can have a nice wedding and have that. So that is one way around it. Toronto used to have the package, which we used a couple times. So once COVID hit, that was it. They, uh, so Calvin, even though he's back in Dubai, they don't have the package? They don't have the package anymore. Yeah. You can have a cheaper meal, it's not the package anymore. 
Anyway, so that you, you see this, but it's very hard, you know. If you if you're gonna not let the rich people have their way, okay, I'm not donating to your yeshiva anymore. You know, it's really not so good. Okay, I'm not in the test. I'm not a rabbi with millionaires in my shul that I have to worry what they're gonna say. And if you're not in their place, we can't judge them. But it's not an easy situation. Okay, then comes another case. The next case, not for poor people, but for other reasons. For Rishona, in the beginning, Originally, if a person died who had intestinal disorders, so even when they were dead, it was very unpleasant odor. So they would put a certain type of uh, spices, whatever, uh, incense, under the casket, so to take away like deodorant, so to speak, a room freshener. But that still wasn't so good because so the living who had the intestinal disorders would feel ashamed because they realized this would need to be done for them when they died and proclaim to the world they were afflicted with this disease. You know, people are nosy. Oh, what did he die from? Oh, he had colitis, whatever. Like, People don't want to know, you know, why they died. Oh, you had the abdominal disease, and that's why you stunk out the joint. Mamish, 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 man, living with that guy must have been terrible. You can just know what people are going to say. So, but they had to do it because it was fresh-dunking it at the, way, at the way. So what would they do to solve the problem? What? A coffin. A coffin. A coffin. No. Still smells. They decide to make it under everybody who dies. Everybody has the incense. Because now we can't make a difference between them. For the honor of those who were alive, who are alive, who have that sickness. All right. How about other situations? We know if a woman is a need or a man is a zav, then the utensils that they light on are telling they have to go to the mikvah. So what if a woman, let's say, is Anita and she's sick and she dies on a bed? Okay, now the bed is has Thomas Nida, uh, uh, Maga, and has to go to the mikvah. So Rishona, in the beginning, originally they would immerse utensils on account of menstruating women who had died. They have to immerse the utensils used by them before they died. Okay. But, so then the women who were alive were Nidos, they were ashamed. That as a class, they were being treated differently from other diseased women. Or their tumors should be remembered even after their death. The woman said, wow, you even have to remind me about being a Nidos when I'm dead? So therefore, he the rabbis instituted that they should immerse utensils on account of all women who died. We don't have this anymore because we don't have kachim we eat and that's not okay anymore. Same thing now with men. Same idea. They would uh, uh, immerse utensils of a zav who had a, a male's disease of emitting uh, semen. Uh, but not exactly. It was a zav. It's different. So the living zavim were embarrassed. So they would toivel all those for all of them, no matter who died. Because honor of the living zavim. And finally, 
Rishayna in the beginning, originally the expense of taking out and burying the deceased was even harder on the relatives than his death. You notice what's going on? In other words, they're paid by his death, but when you get the $12,000 bill from the, for the professional services that the funeral home does, what hurts more? All right? So then what would happen? So when a relative died, they left him in the street and they ran away. They couldn't deal with the pain. came and he treated himself lightly. He used the cheapest materials. He went in plain linen garments. He ordered he be dressed in inexpensive shrouds of plain linen garments. And once they saw that the God Lador did that, then everybody did that. And therefore, and Amar Rav Papa, Rav Papa says, nowadays, it is the custom of people, to dress the dead even in a coarse canvas worth just a Zeus. And that's why, that's why we all are dressed in tachrichim. We're all dressed in tachrichim, which are very cheap, and they should be cheaper. I don't know why the tachrichim have to pay, cost $250 for a white shroud, like a kipple. I don't know why all of a sudden it has to cost more money. Somebody's still making money. They just can't let it go. So uh, that's the issue. So we have to be very uh, concerned about poor people. And uh, again, go try to change that that's happening now. There is there is a monopoly going on over here. When anybody tries to go to make it cheaper, somehow they don't succeed for some strange reason. Anyway, so that is uh, all that we're gonna. That ends this mini topic over here. And similarly, we know as we explained in the SCP that uh, in Israel, though people are usually buried in a beer. Everyone has a plain, simple beer, except the soldiers. The soldiers are in a coffin. Why? Because mm-hmm. some soldiers, Nebuch, they don't have all their body parts after they're dead, and it would be a very uh, overt display of his um, uh, disability that happened by his death. So they put them all in a coffin so no one can see the difference. Okay. Not everything worked out good today, Shelley. Thank you. Yeah.